control, but God's going to flip it over in the end, and God is going to be in control. Come on, church. Some people are acting and some people are talking like they're on the losing side. I read that my Jesus, this kingdom, will not have any end. And there's no reason we ought to be praising like we've already lost the battle. We ought, we should not be praying like we have already lost the battle. There is no such thing as, Lord, if it be your will. He said, I gave you the keys of the kingdom. That whatever you bind on earth is down in heaven. Whatever you decree as a son and a daughter of the Most High God, it shall be. We are not on the losing side. And I'm sure not going to be on the sleeping side. Not part of a sleeping giant. I believe in grabbing a hold of the computer, raising it up and decreeing and proclaiming with the prophets what they're saying for this hour and for such a time as this. I believe God has given the church the tongue of the learned. I believe God is opening the ears to hear as the learned. I believe that there is a voice being spoken who gives grace and strength to the weary. I believe that this is the time where we're not only going to walk, we're going to run and not grow weary. I believe the reason that there's no place for the devil to hide, as Brother Lou said, as we read it this morning, is because the devil's getting bolder and bolder. He's coming out and he's trying to manifest himself in every area. But what's going to happen is that when the enemy manifests, the church is going to be ready to combat his manifestation and bring him down. Bring him down. You hear me, church? I just got this email this week with so many others just came this week. It's a new season of miracles and greater glory. And God is calling everyone to it. There's a heavy weight of glory sweeping over those who are hungry for more of God. How many are hungry for more of God? Not more religion, more of God. Hunger and thirst are the keys to receiving the great grace of God is releasing. And we must get our eyes off ourselves and on to Him. It says, I found myself saying it's just just that easy as the weight of His glory has filled entire rooms. His healing grace and presence have been sweeping over uh, people, healing them right in their seats. We worship until His glory comes and then He does the rest. There's a new realm of corporate healing and glory being released. We call out a sickness by the Holy Spirit and He gets healed. It's just that easy. And he talks about mass deliverances. So praise God, we're excited about what God is going to do. Now look with me in Acts chapter 4, verse 19, as we look at a few things tonight. In Acts chapter 4, 19. Because I believe, and I prayed on the steps with the mayor and those that were there. I'm believing God that Thursday was the day of memorial. The Bible says in Acts chapter 10 that the prayers of Cornelius was made as a memorial before God and God heard his prayer. And I'm believing that a memorial, not the Lincoln Memorial, but a memorial of the church in America was built in a house of prayer and made this country change and shift and God extend his hand of mercy for more time. But it says in Acts chapter 4 verse 19, It says, but when Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. I'm sorry, Acts 3.19. I'm going to be in four later. I'm sorry. Y'all forgive me? That was good, though. It's all good. It says, now repent. How many of you know we had a day of repentance? Do you know Thursday? Do you know uh, last Saturday and Sunday was over 24 hours 
and the title of the whole thing was Rain Down, and one column in Washington, D.C., the same place this is going to be in August, was one column said repent, the other column said believe. Because so many times it's so easy to repent. But then when you start seeing and hearing, it doesn't seem like anything's changed. Then we've already repented, but the church stops believing. But I'm going to believe until I die. I'm going to believe until I see. I'm going to believe until I touch. I'm going to believe until I see a revival. And God is wanting to raise up people that it doesn't matter what's going on. Just like we were showing also the 12 hours of hundreds of thousands of people praying in Las Vegas. And there they were in Las Vegas praying. And they call it the Sin City. But they were repenting for Sin City. And they were jumping on all the different things that's happening in Las Vegas. And the name of the message was, you may think what happens in Las Vegas stays in Las Vegas, but God uncovers everything that's done in darkness and brings it to light. And God is bringing things to light. And God is going to bring some things out on Obama. And God is going to bring things out on uh uh, the, the old hiding terrorist, uh, Bahamas brother over there, Osama. And God is going to get the glory. That we, the church, are responsible not only to pray and repent, but believe. Anybody got a problem with that? They got a problem with that. But this is my country, and this is a country that belongs to my God, and I'm going to fight for it. If I can't fight, I'm fighting with a stronger weapon than anything Iron Man's got. I got a stronger weapon than anything any any muscle around this world's got. Russia could come, we'll hold up the Word of God. North Korea, Iran, we got the Word of God, but it's time to start believing it. Amen, church. And it says, if my people will repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. Say wiped out. Wiped out. Wiped out. Well, you know, we're going to have to pay for our sins. He says, if you pray and repent, why am I going to make you pay for something that's been wiped out? If there's enough there is 150 universities with 24-7 prayer going. There's the prayer room going. You can get on the Internet and have prayer constantly, 24-7. It's been going on for years from Kansas, and it hasn't stopped. And all these things are going on. And now they're going into Jerusalem and France and Indonesia and around and Brazil and around the world, stirring up not only this nation but the nation, other nations also. It says if you repent, I, I, I will wipe away the reproach. Verse 20. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. That's what we're believing God for, church. And He will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. Oh, hallelujah. How many are ready? I'm ready for that. Amen. Hallelujah. Restoration of all things. America's repented. Now we believe God for restoration. Just thank Him right now. Thank you, Father, for restoration. Thank you, Lord, for, Lord, you are a God of restoration and you are a continual God of restoration. Even as you have restored in the beginning, you shall restore until the end. And we praise you. You're restoring your church who holds your reputation at heart. You're restoring your church to a place of authority, power, and might in Jesus' name. How many of you know the church is marching? Representing its king. That's why we preach victory. 
That's why we preach of the glory. That's why we preach of the new covenant. That's why we preach of laying hands on the sick. We are the church called to walk representing our King. And our great commission is Mark chapter 16 that says, In my name you shall cast out devils. You shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You can drink anything deadly and it shall not bother you. And wherever you go, the Lord will confirm His word with signs and wonders following. That is the commission and shall always be the commission of the church. And that is not for our electoral vote. That is not up for Congress and Senate to decide. That is not for some government to decide. It is established upon the name and the rock of Jesus Christ and it will never change. Because it's a commission given to the church. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16. Verse 13. His kingdom shall have no end. But listen, church. We've got to pray the church starts walking in the rhythm of the sound of the Spirit. There's a rhythm. You can tell. Not, not here because they never get off key. But you can tell when someone gets off key. You can tell when some instrument's off key. You can tell. Like on the Internet, I was watching a special meeting. And while the preacher's talking... Somebody's in the background and tuning their guitar. And I wanted to get in that computer, get to where they are, grab that guitar and hit them over the head and say, this is not the time to tune the guitar. The man of God is speaking. It's not the time to, to test the drums and test the keyboard and write a new tune. It's the time to let the music flow with the speaker. If you notice, I get up here and the worship team's still going on and I just flow with them and we just flow together. Why? Because God is raising up His body to flow with the sound, to flow with the sound. It's not a go and stop and go and stop. It's just a continued flow, to continue going into the greater things of God and to get into the presence and the glory of God, to become wish worshipers of God in spirit and truth, to go beyond ability, natural talent to get into the anointing and let the glory of God flows in the fingers, in the mouths, in the feet, in, in every part of our body and our talents and all that we do to let it flow and let, the, let a militant church arise to the sound. It's amazing how the armies would march to the sound in drums and those drums were so important so that the troop could watch in, in sequence with the sounding of the drums and they were supposed to march together and keep in tune with the sound of the drums. Well, we are in tune with the sound of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is saying, arise with a new song of victory and triumphant. Arise with a song that reveals my glory. Arise with a song of healing and virtue for my name. It says in Matthew 16, 13. Now when Jesus came into the distinct district of Caesarea, Philippi, He asked His disciples, who do people say that I, the Son of Man, am? How many of you know Hollywood's making a mess of who Jesus is? The universities are making a mess of who the real Jesus is. Yesterday on the History Channel, they, wanted, they had a documentary on who the real God is. I didn't even turn because I don't go to the History Channel to tell me who my God is. <laughs> All these different ones shining. I'll tell you who Jesus is. Well, Jesus isn't the, the Jesus of the tongue talkers. No, Jesus isn't the Jesus of the loud, wild people. No, Jesus isn't the Jesus of those who jump on chairs. 
Well, I'll tell you what. I have more fun jumping on chairs, speaking in tongues, and running around the church than anybody ever having in any bar. And praise God, He's the resurrection and the life. And I think we ought to be excited about it. Glory to God. And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, other Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. They didn't know who he was. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? You better know. These are the days you better know who Jesus is. Somebody comes to you and their voice changes and they go, I'm going to kill you. And you better know who Jesus is. And you better pray he's not the one that you're going to see when you open your eyes because this thing done killed you. You better know who he is so you can handle him and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, whom I live for, I adjure thee in the name of Jesus, who I'm served and who I am, come out of him in Jesus' name. And Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. The church is built on the confession of who Jesus is. The church lives and exists upon the confession of who Jesus is. Peter had a confession. He says, you're blessed and you're going to make it. Because this, this isn't something that you were taught by flesh and blood. But this is something that has filled your spirit and caused your spirit man to come alive. Church is built upon the confession of who Jesus Christ is. And when you hear things from the news and you hear things on TV and you get different reports, you need to start saying, I am part of the body of Christ. I am an ambassador of God. I am a spokesperson for Jesus Christ. I may not have a platform in Washington or in in Word of Grace. I may not have a platform to speak from, but i got a position to speak from, and that is seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And I take my authority as part of the body of Christ, and I decree. They're decreeing this and that and the other, but I'm decreeing revival. I'm decreeing increase. I'm decreeing blessing. I'm believing God for the greatest outpouring this world or church has ever experienced. I believe the things that the eyes have not seen, nor have their ears heard, nor has entered to the heart of man, are the things that God is getting ready to manifest by the power of His Spirit. The church is built upon the confession of who Jesus is. He is Lord. He is King. And there is no other kingdom. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And it says in verse 17, And Jesus answered, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I tell you, Peter, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Listen, you know what the church is? We are the living proclaimers of who Jesus is. We're the living proclaimers. Of who he is. And that's how the rock of the church is established. By living to decree and proclaim who Jesus is. Amen. You know, the movies make him a mystic. The world says he's a lost prophet. The universities make him a historical figure. Liberals deny and disclaim his deity. But it don't matter what they do. He is still king of kings and lord of lords. Now what I want to get to is uh, we know some missionaries. They're dear friends of mine. Uh, they were dear friends of my dad. I knew their brother who was a great evangelist. I know pastors who were healed under his ministry. But I don't know if you ever heard of Lorraine and Celeste Davis. They've been, they've, I know you know them. They've been in Africa for 20 years. And I got an email from them this week. Listen to this. We're sending out an alert on Obama. 
We are living and working in Kenya for almost 12 years now and know his family well. They are the ones who were behind the recent presidential election chaos here. Thousands of people who have been displaced by election violence, over 350,000. And I don't know the last count of the dead. Obama, under friends of Obama, gave almost a million dollars. Obama gave almost a million dollars to the opposition campaign who just happened to be his cousin, Raila Odigna who is a socialist trained in East Germany. He has been trying to bring Kenya down for years, and the last president threw him in prison for trying to overcome the country. What we would like you to know is what American press has been keeping a dirty little secret. You see, America has been sending out missionaries for years. It's time for the missionaries to start speaking out about the truth that's in these foreign lands. Because they've been living in Africa for 20 years and they've been in Kenya for 12 years. And, and, and they know these things that media will never let us know. Obama is a Muslim and he is a racist. And this is the fulfillment of the 9-11 threat that was just the beginning. Jihad is the only true Muslim way. We have been working with him for 20 years this July. He is not an American and we know that. Did you hear this week? He will not wear the flag on his jacket. He's not an American. Please encourage your friends. It goes on to say, his true name is Barack Hussein Muhammad Obama. Won't that sound sweet to our enemies as they swear him in on the Quran? Hundreds of churches were where they are in Kenya. It says that the takeover was as the new order that the Muslims are doing. Not one mosque was burnt down, but hundreds of churches were burned down with people in them burned alive. And it goes on to say stuff. Celeste and Lauren Davis. And, and, and brother, you're a witness that you know that these are two men and women. This is a man and woman of God. I don't know what to pray for. Well, I hope you do now. Because it's not just the soldiers and the young men like Chad we just sent off. We are at war. We are at war. And it is time. Lou Engle said last night from Las Vegas, as I was watching one of the episodes, he said, he says he feels we have a year. I believe that God can accomplish a lot in the next year as the church prays. I preached a few weeks ago, one man turned a nation. But I believe God is calling for unity among the church to get on board and get busy. Forty percent of Americans say all religions are equally truthful in belief. That's a lie from hell. Fifty-three percent of Americans believe prayer is heard from some God. Just pray. That's a lie from hell. How many know there may be confusion in the world, but that don't mean there needs to be confusion in the church. Jesus said that the church, that he is the head and the foundation of the church, that we confess his deity, his sovereignty. How many know he conquered the death and the grave? 
He went where he was not invited and he could do it again. He holds the keys of hell, death, and the grave. And we are here to exalt his name. The church is built upon the blood of martyrs. The church is built upon the prayers of saints. The church is built upon the word preached. And the church is built upon the confession of the lordship of Jesus Christ. He said, I will build my church. I don't know if y'all remember the Imperials or Russ Taft. Russ Taft is singing. He, he's, up, he's up there now singing with the Gaither Trio and all that. But he used to sing a song, Satan is a Liar. And he wants to make us think that we are, uh, how does it go? That we are paupers when he knows himself. We're children of the king. So lift high the mighty banner. Anyway, it's a good song. Get the tape. Well, it was a good song. That we are children of the Most High God. We are children of the king. I had the A-track. Y'all forgive me. I did. We had the A-track. I don't know where it went to. That would be worth some money now. Anyway, no wonder he wants to discourage you. Oh my, this world's just going to hell. No, it's not. I'm not going to hell. You're not going to hell. And everybody we can reach and pray out, we're going to see them in heaven. The enemy wants to discourage you. He wants to break you down. Daniel 7. He wants to wear down the saints. Wear down the saints. We get our minds on ourselves. We We don't have our mind on our mission. He wants to wear us out. He wants to break the life out of us in our heart. He wants to steal our children. But the devil is a liar. I got this email from a lady who gave this prophetic word. Has God given you a dream? Yet the enemy has placed obstacles and barriers against you in an attempt to rob you of that dream. Is the enemy trying desperately to hold your heart in the clutches of self-doubt and unbelief? The Lord is breathing life into them old dreams. He's reaching into the hearts of the buried treasures of your lost dreams and desires. The enemy attacked you with every measure of his power. But why? Because your dreams terrify him. Because your dreams terrify him. Because your dreams and the children's ministry terrify him. Because your visions and dreams of the youth terrify him. Because your dreams of the Royal Rangers terrifies him. Because the dreams you have terrify him. The dreams I have terrify him. The dreams we have terrify them. We don't have any pauper dreams. We've got dreams as kingdom children and sons of the Most High God. We have dreams of an America getting on fire for God and continue to reach the nations with the Word of God and feed, feed the homeless and, and shelter those who have no place to go. He's terrified by them. They are indeed a threat to His plans. You are a threat to His plans. Your dreams are genuine and good. They are value to the kingdom of God. But many times we are more concerned with surviving the attack than experiencing the glory. Come on, church. I'll get on fire for God. I'll fast and pray. But the minute I start going through things, I know how it is. Another level, another devil. These days it's probably more than one devil on another level. But you still proclaiming Jesus whatever level you own. You hear me, church? Realize, however, that nothing you are experiencing is any surprise to God. He knows all along the, he knows all along the way about the obstacles that, he, that would be laid before you. It is those very obstacles you are tackling and that will equip you to handle your dream's fulfillment. Without the obstacles, trials, and challenges you've endured, you would surely fall under the weight of your dream with no experiences to defend you from the enemy's strategies and to ensnare you. 
One very important lesson we need to learn is to listen to God's voice. We need to submit our head knowledge to the voice in our spirit that gives us God's wisdom. It's all too easy to hear God's voice and yet talk ourselves out of listening and then reasoning with one another. To hear God and talk ourselves out of it and then start reasoning with one another. The Lord reveals His wisdom to us and yet for various reasons we choose not to listen. Oftentimes the penalties and woundings that come from disregarding God's wisdom are the greatest obstacle to all. The naturally minded person values the things of this world much more than the things of God. As the word says, for that which is highly esteemed among men is detestable in the sight of God. Luke 16, 15. They have their great difficulty in esteeming the things of God precious in his sight. You heard the scripture? They have difficulty esteeming the precious things of God in their sight. I'll sleep in church. I'll talk in church. I won't bring pen. I won't bring paper. I won't bring Bible. I won't go to church. I'll go to church when I want to. That is not the esteeming that brings the glory. That's the type of esteeming that loses the oil. You hear me, church? This is the Sunday night crowd. I don't have to play around with a Sunday night crowd. We have over 400 on Sunday morning and maybe 200 on Sunday night. Why? Where's the esteeming? We got a glory deficit. I think we have an attention deficit. I've just spoken about where this country is. And you've heard, you saw from the prophets. This is the time to fast and pray and not stop. This is the time to esteem, esteem, worship and praise. Esteem the Word of God. On Tuesday nights for intercession, it's not the time to come and start visiting and talking. It's the time to pray. I'm going to have to address it Tuesday night. People come and just want to sit down and start talking. We come here to pray. You want to talk? Wendy's is across the street. There's a time to talk and there's a time to keep silent. It all comes in the area of estimation. We're in war. If Wall Street falls next week and everyone loses their job, I bet we'll be listening then. Both Lou Ingalls and Mike Bickle prophesied that nuclear war and the, the war, Muslim war is coming to America's shores and is going to be in the cities and in the area. I bet we will be listening to what the prophets say then. I won't be judged for not listening now. I won't be judged for not esteeming the word of the Lord first place now. I will be known as seeking the Lord first place now. Amen, church. I will build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Hallelujah. It's time to take a stand. Write this down. Standing is in your DNA. Not running away. Not retreating. Standing. Standing. If, if, 
day comes, I get arrested for talking against homosexuality. I got standing in my DNA. I get arrested. Whatever happens, happens. Why? Standings in our DNA. We don't run away. We don't back down. We don't change our message. And we don't listen to what men tell us to say. We listen to what the Word of the Lord says to say. Just like in the book of Acts. If you do go to jail, just get ready for the jail to be busted open. And you get to come out and win those who put you in jail. Glory be to God. Amen. There's nothing to fear but fear itself. Why? There's power in the blood of Jesus and in His Word to conquer. Now, I want to show you something in Psalms chapter 2 about politics. Psalms chapter 2, verse 1. I want you to see that this is where we are today. Psalms chapter 2, verse 1. Tell me if this isn't for today. Why are the nations so angry? Why do they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers plot together against the Lord and against His anointed one. Listen to the message translation. Why the big noise, nations? Why the mean plots, peoples? Earth leaders push for position. Delegates meet for summit talks. The God deniers and the Messiah defiers. Let's get free of God. Cast loose from Messiah. But the heaven throne God breaks out in laughing. <laughs> At first, he's amused. At their petty words. But then he gets good and angry. Furiously he shuts them up. And he opens up the next verse says. The holy summit. Every time you hear in the news about a summit happening. In the world. You start decreeing a holy summit. That there are hosts of heaven angels sent from God. To work with and alongside the church. That the church in this final hour will rise a bride that is glorified. There is a summit of God with His children. God with His angels. There is an army arising to where there is a working together in worship and word and the prophecy and words of knowledge and words of wisdom. There is rising up a new breed. And you see it in these young people in these videos we've shown. And you see it upon those, the young men and the old men coming together and moving in that outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But the Word of the Lord says, What is their petty plans against me? Let's say that the media is keeping things secret. They're not keeping it secret from God. You hear me, church? If all these things about Obama or whoever else, whatever agendas men have that is hidden, the Word and the Spirit will bring it forth to light. Amen? Human nature stands against the Lord. Rage is the same word for pride. Look with me in Psalms 51. Psalms chapter 50. I mean, I'm sorry, Isaiah 51. Isaiah 51. I just want to show you here that we're, on, we're in a winning war. Isaiah chapter 51, verse 1. 
Isaiah 51, verse 1. Listen to me, all you who hope for deliverance, all who seek the Lord. Consider the rock from which you were cut and the quarry from which you were mined. Yes, think about Abraham, your ancestor, and Sarah who gave birth to your nation. Abraham was only one man when I called him, but when I blessed him, he became a great nation. The Lord will comfort Israel again and have pity on her ruins. What God did to Israel, he can do again to America. Her desert will blossom like Eden and her barren wilderness like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found there and songs of thanksgiving will fill the air. Listen to me, my people. Hear me, Israel. For my law will be proclaimed and my justice will become a light to the nations. My mercy and justice are coming soon. My salvation is on the way. My strong arm will bring justice to the nations. I love the message. It says, my decisions light up the world. My deliverance arrives on the run. My salvation right on time. And I bring justice to the peoples. Verse 7. Don't be afraid of people's scorn. This is the Living Bible. Don't be afraid of people's scorn. And do not fear their insults. Do you hear that, church? You know today what the world is trying to make a mockery out of the body of Christ. And they're trying to laugh at those who are standing in front of abortion clinics. But I want you to know, even this week I have heard testimonies of young girls going to get abortions at clinics. And the Lord blinded their eyes and they ended up in churches and they ended up in, 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 in these mercy ministries. And they go in there and they are told what abortion does. And they showed films of the heads and the arms coming off as the doctors making these abortions. And they get saved and they raise that baby. And now you ought to hear those babies that were to be aborted, how they pray now. You ought to hear aborted babies pray. You ought to hear aborted babies pray. They don't pray. No, now I lay me down to sleep. They pray war. They come against death. Let the people insult. And let the people scorn. I'm on the foundation. I'm a carrier promoting the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not fear their insults. For the moth will devour them as it devours clothing, and the worm will eat them as it eats wool. But my righteousness will last forever, and my salvation will continue from generation to generation. Wake up! Wake up! And clothe yourselves with strength. Flex your mighty right arm. Rouse yourself as in the days of old when you slew Egypt and the dragon of the Nile. You are, are you not the same today? The one who dried up the sea, making a path of escape through the depths so that your people could cross over? Those who have been ransomed by the will of the Lord will return to, to Jerusalem singing, crowned with everlasting joy, and sorrow and mourning will disappear, and they will be filled with joy and gladness. Verse 12, he answers, I, yes, I am, I am the one who comforts you. So why are you afraid of mere humans who wither like the grass and disappear? Yet you have forgotten the Lord, your Creator, the one who stretched out the sky like a canopy and laid the foundations of the earth. Will you remain in constant dread of human oppressors? Will you remain in constant dread of human oppressors? Will you continue to fear the anger of your enemies? Where is their furry and anger now? It is gone. Soon all of you captives will be released. Imprisonment, starvation, and death will not be your fate. 
Who stir, for I am the Lord your God who stirs up the sea, causing its waves to roar. My name is the Lord of the heaven's armies. I put my mouth in your mouth. I have hidden you safely in my hand. I stretched out the sky like a canopy and laid the foundations of the earth. I am the one who says to Israel, you are my people. Verse 21, but now listen to this, you afflicted ones who sit in drunken stupor through now from drinking wine, though now from drinking, not for not drinking wine. This is what the sovereign Lord says, the God, your defender, says, see, I have taken the terrible cup from your hands, you who drunk no more of my fury. Instead, I will hand that cup to your tormentors, those who said, we will trample you into the dust and walk on your back. This is a message to the church. This is something God has told me and gave me. This ain't out some, out some, some book. This is something God has wanted to tell the church. Do not fall into the fear of the oppressors or what may be raising up because this is the Lord God Almighty and this is what He says. I was able to handle Satan. I was able to handle Pharaoh. I was able to handle Herod. And I was ha- able to handle Pontius Pilate. It doesn't matter how big the po- politicians were. It doesn't matter how many people they had. It doesn't matter how many of my people they tormented. It didn't matter how big a words they had. It doesn't matter how much they oppressed my people. The more that the politicians oppressed my people, the greater and the stronger my people became. The more that Pharaoh trying to push my people down, the more that the politicians and the kings of this world tried to dominate my people, the more they grew stronger and the more they grew in number. You see, America has never known persecution. But because of the rise of persecution, there's a revival that's coming to America that America's never known. You see, I've been here eight years. I've never had rocks thrown at this church or us as we're coming in. We did in Argentina. Argentina was in revival. I've never had anybody in here in the eight years I've been in Pineville. I've never had anybody come up to me and say, uh, what a cult do you belong to? But in Argentina, everybody called us an occult and asked us what a cult we belong to. Because we weren't of the church of the government. Where there was oppression. There are mighty signs and wonders. When they're scorning and when the enemy's trying to come in and bring fear into the people, there is such an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that God people raises up with a boldness and a courage to stand in the face of anything that the enemy will try to bring, that Christ's name will be known no matter what the opposition is. In Acts chapter 4, they rose up, and when they were threatened, don't speak any longer of these names. Don't be proclaimers of Christ. It's okay to say God, but don't say Merry Christmas. Don't say Easter. Say Happy Holidays. And be political correct. And don't call sin, sin. And there is no such thing as hell. And all these other things. But because they said, Lord, we will not grant the threat of men to push us to silence. But we pray that you will give us boldness so that we will be able to stand and declare and proclaim you. We will not give in to the fear of man. We will not fear the power of our oppressors. But we fear you and fear you only. Therefore, let them rise up and let them say, let them attack and let them threaten all they want to, but grant us with great boldness that we will declare and proclaim the Word of God and it says in the next verse, and the place was shaken where they prayed. 
But they weren't worrying about praying prayers that sounded good. They weren't worried about saying prayers that make people listen. They were praying earnestly before God. You hear me, church? This is where we are. It's time to pray for boldness. Well, you know, I don't want to offend nobody. Well, then, you done gave in. I want everybody to feel comfortable. Then you done gave in. We want to be seeker friendly. Then just write Ichabod over the door. The Spirit of the Lord has departed. Because you're either a God seeker or a man seeker. You're either a God pleaser or a man pleaser. Amen, church. This is the time. We're living in the time we were warned about when we were kids. But it still can change. But God wants to see a people who's willing to take a stand. Cost whatever it costs. Brother Floyd, we were talking a while ago about heaven. The days on this earth is just short anyway. It's a vapor and it's gone. Whatever happens, whatever comes, it don't matter. Our real life starts over the eastern gate. What is real life is going to start in heaven. So we can't be silent. We cannot compromise. And the devil's about to pay. The cankerworm, the pomeworm is about to pay for every scheme that the world has used to cut the church of Jesus down. Because the schemes are coming to a halt at this age. And the generals of God are going to arise. And the church will not be the laughing stock. It is going to be the healing center. Because we carry the news. Amen. Let me know if God... Pontius Pilate says, don't you know I have the power? Jesus says, you don't have no power unless it's given to you. Every time somebody says on TV, I'm going to do this, you ain't doing nothing unless the power is given to you. Devil tells you he's going to kill you. You ain't got no power to kill me. Because he'll come up and say, I'm going to kill you. You can't kill me. You can't kill me. You would have killed me with malaria. You would have killed me with that witch doctor and his machete. You would have killed me with the machine guns of the the, uh, drug dealers. You would have killed me on that airplane on fire. You had all the opportunity to kill me. You can't kill me, devil. Well, then I'll destroy and I'll cause a split in the church. God is just fill it with hungry people and kick your behind. Well, you won't have the cream of the crop. We'll have the cream of glory and revival. Give me hungry people that's not scared of hell. Give me hungry people that fear God, hate sin. Give me hungry people that don't know any better than to call a sin, sin. 
And we'll turn this area upside down. Amen. Brother Chuck gave a word. You have stood and stood firm and resisted and resisted hard. You cried out to me, Lord, how much longer can I stand with a steadfast face? Hear me now. I am coming up. Listen to this. Up through the earth realm into your body. And I'm coming down, down from the heavens into your atmosphere. (laughs) I will electrify you because of your faithfulness and because of your perseverance. Now you will become my lightning rod in this season. (laughs) Many will come to you and say, let me get recharged. Let me get recharged. Let me get recharged. Let me get recharged. Hallelujah, let me get recharged. Hallelujah. Build yourselves up in the most holy faith, recharging yourself in the Holy Ghost. You will stand tall again. Many have, listen to this, this is spiritual. Though you have been bent over through a spirit of infirmity has tried to weaken you, now you will stand tall again. I'm having my people stand straight. From what you have endured, you will have a testimony that will cause many to be delivered. Peter, because you've decided, and you and Erica, to stand straight, now you will have a testimony that will cause many to be delivered. Stand up and watch these spirits of infirmity flee. I am, a, I am in creative mode. What has not come into focus will now be created, and you will see. Amen? Psalms 2.2 says that the enemy, the uh, people of the nations take counsel together, counsel, planning warfare. It speaks of skill, arts, and craftiness. Pharaoh even said, let us deal wisely with them. What do you think is going on? Remember when Pharaoh said, let's deal wisely with them, for they are more than us? Do you know we're over 65 million believers in this nation? So they're going to say, oh, oh I'm a, I'm a born-again believer. I believe in God. Let us deal crafty with them. Let, let's, let's get a jihad warrior in the White House and pray on the Quran. Let's get an enemy of the Lord Jesus Christ in, into the Congress and Senate. And let's start filtrating and let's start getting into these positions to start bringing these poisons to the air. Let's deal wisely with them. But I believe there's a generation like these young people, 400,000 is willing to get in front of the state capitol and say, we are aware of your lies. And we are not leaving here until we are addressed and interviewed and we're going to speak the truth in open air that you are liars. They've got people who are praying so much. You get ready to see. You get ready to see as the Jesus movement was radical, you start getting ready to see young people who are going to be able to be there. There's going to be filmer, uh, camera people there. And you'll see young people start calling out their congressmen and center as they're walking into their limos and say, you are a homosexual adulterer. We're not waiting till the news comes out about you. We're letting the news out from the Spirit of the Lord that you are homosexual. You are a liar. You are, you are stealing money. You are doing this. And let it come out through prophets in this age. Young men and women who have no names but know how to hear from God and are bold enough to speak the word of the Lord and go into businesses, to go into churches. Because I remember what Brother Lou says, if America is destroyed, we the church have to repent to the world. That's strong. 
But judgment starts in the house of God. And he says, if America falls, the church has to repent to the world and the heathen because we're the ones who have the truth. And if all of these years we were not bold enough to preach the truth, and in these ages it's about getting in magazines with the biggest churches and having the most wide name and getting most of the money, if it's all about that and America falls, then we the church have to apologize to the world for being selfish. I'm not mad at you. I'm just stirred up and mad at the devil. Okay, I'll finish. Isaiah 42. Isaiah 42. I've gone gone past my time. It's all about change. All about change. Isaiah 42. One thing about this church, you can't vote for a change of pastor. You don't vote me out. Isaiah 42, verse 1. I love the mass message translation. Take a good look at my servant. I'm backing him to the hilt. He's the one I choose, and I couldn't be more pleased with him. See, that's what we want God saying about the church. I'm backing up the church. With everything that I have and everything I possess, I'm backing up that type of church. I'm backing up those type of people. And I couldn't be more pleased with the church. I've bathed him with my spirit in my life. He'll set everything right among the nations. He won't call attention to what he does. (laughs) With loud speeches or parades. He won't brush aside, listen to this, he'll set the nations in order, but he won't brush aside the hurt and the bruised. He won't disregard the small and insignificant, but he will steadily and firmly set things right. Listen to this now. I read to you a word about, it's in your DNA to stand. Listen to this in the message. He won't tire out and quit. Who's in you? Is the Spirit of the Lord within you? Then you say this with me. I will not tire out. And I will not quit. I will not tire out. And I will not quit. We're going to be like Rocky Balboa. I may be 60-something years old. I'm challenged by a 23-year-old. I'm ready to train and take another round. I'm not going to tire out, and I'm not going to quit. We've got to be like Rambo. Put me a wig on, give me a bow and arrow. But, <laughs> but I'm going to get out there and just give me some enemies to shoot. I ain't made for civilian life. I have a heart of a warrior. I ain't called to retire and drink a cup of tea. I'm called to handle the bow, the arrow, and the double-edged sword, and the shield of faith. I got my armor on. I was born for a fight. I was born for a war. I was born to magnify my God. I won't quit. And I won't tar out. Won't quit and won't tar out. Won't quit and won't tar out. He doesn't. I don't have to. It says he won't tar out and he won't quit. And he won't be stopped. I love the message. He speaks my type of English. Won't. 
He won't be stopped. Say, the church won't be stopped. Why? The gates of hell will not prevail against it. The church will not be stopped. I don't care what happens. The church won't be stopped. We're not going to be stopped. You hear me, church? Won't quit, won't tire, and won't be stopped. Until he's finished his work to set things right on the earth. It says islands will wait expectantly for his teaching. He's the God who makes us alive with his own life and his message. Goes on to say in verse 6, I have taken responsibility for you. I'll keep you safe. I've set you among my people to bind them to me, to, to provide you as a lighthouse to the nations, and to make a start of bringing people into the open, into the light. goes on to say, I am God, that is my name, and I don't franchise my glory. Verse 9 says, I am announcing the new salvation work. Before it burst on the scene, I'm going to tell you about it. And verse 13 says, he shouts and announcing his revival. He takes charge. Say, he takes charge. He takes charge. Obama. And all the spirit behind him and all this jihad and all the enemies in our nation. He takes charge and his enemies fall into line. He takes charge and his enemies fall in line. And what I believe is happening is this next verse. I've been quiet long enough. This is the Lord speaking. I've been quiet long enough. And how is God going to speak? But through his church. And the church has been quiet long enough. And people's been quiet long enough. But he says, I've been quiet long enough. I've held back, biting my tongue. But now I'm letting loose and I'm letting go. I'm letting loose and I'm letting go. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord, for thy servant here. Speak, Lord! But there's a church and there's a nation of hungry people who want to hear from God. Amen? He's a Savior. That cannot fail. Amen? He will not discourage. He will not quit. Lift up your head. Your redemption draweth nigh. Now when you look up some of these scriptures. And you look it up in the Hebrew. It talks about the Lord is going to come with a broom. And he's going to sweep everything out of his path. No matter how big that big mouth in Iran. Or in North Korea. Or anywhere else in the world. God is going to handle the nations, and he's going to establish his rule and reign on this earth. These are exciting times. He's been preparing you for such a time as this. And he's calling his disciples and his warriors to arise. It says in the book of Joel chapter 3, wake up the mighty men. If you wonder why you've been going through so much training and so much hurt, so much pain, you've been through so much hell in your life, it's because the trials and tribulations have been to make you strong because you're going to be counted as one of the mighty men. He says, don't wake up the spoiled sissies. Wake up the mighty men. I need some of David's men who's been in the cave. I'm not looking for a West Point graduates. I'm looking for those who's been divorced, aborted, those who have been on drugs, those who's been on alcohol. I've been looking for those who's been treated and ran through the ringer. I've been, I want to see those who have gone through a lot of things in life, and I'm going to make them my man, mighty men and women because they know what it's like to suffer but keep on going. They know what it's like to survive. They know how to keep on running, keep on believing, keep on holding on. I'm looking for those who knows how to call upon my name, and they're crying so hard they can't say nothing else but Jesus, 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 Jesus. 
Jesus. But they know how to say my name from their heart. And the anointing comes up and rises up on the inside. And they make more sense than a bunch of these theological wet, wet back sissies who don't know what they're saying. I'm going to raise them up and cause them to speak my word and rise up and be a sword in this land and wake up this land with the sound of a mighty trumpet. I said, wake up the mighty men and wake up the women of God. Wake them up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. So many of them young people told me Friday night, we can't play this type of music in the church. We're not allowed to do this in church. Boy, I tell you what, as long as it's exalting Jesus, you ought to do it in church. Glory be to God. What you got to say, baby? that I didn't say uh, last Sunday when I was teaching on heaven was, uh, you know, you think heaven's so wonderful and so loving. But in many of the cases, whenever the Lord told him to do something like this, one lady, he says, I want you to go back and I want you to write this book. And she began to tell the Lord, I don't know how to write. I can't write this book. I don't know how. And Jesus got angry. And we don't see that side of him. And what you've been preaching today is, is just the holy indignation. And he gets upset with us whenever we start to show all of our insecurities and I can't because if you don't he can't he has to use us we are the only things that he can use he needs our voice he needs our hand when we went to uh the movies to see Iron Man there was this little guy that came in he had tattoos he looked pretty messed up and he had this black shirt on and it said, Lamb of God, and that caught my eye, so I wanted to read, you know, you're thinking a Christian t-shirt, I wanted to read what it said, but it had this skeleton on it, and blood was coming out of the skeleton's eyes, and I'm thinking, I don't know about this shirt, you know, but I was curious to know what it said. Well, I couldn't read the back of it, so uh, I took Lance to the mall, and how many of you ever seen that store, Hot Topic? That's the topic there. Uh, I told Russell, I said, I was so angry because I saw what that shirt said. On the back of it, it said, Lamb of God, walk through hell with me. And I'm telling you what you need to do when you see these things. You need to answer the devil back because the word wicked means twisted. So we've got to untwist what the devil says. And I spoke out loud and I said, bring it, devil. I said, let's walk through hell. You would be scared out of your wits if Jesus walked through hell with you. You would fall off your throne, oh devil, oh Satan. Bring it. Let's walk through hell with Jesus. And then there was another one that said sevenfold, and it was derogatory. And I said, that's right. I'm going to untwist that too. I said, you have to return sevenfold everything you stole from us in the name of Jesus. See, we can't just read it and talk gossip-like and say, oh, that's terrible. Oh, I can't believe that. You've got to untwist the devil's lies. We have to speak it forth and get that word out. And Jesus gets angry. So it's time that we get angry at what God gets angry at. And I want so bad, I told him to go in front of that store, Hot Topic, and do some spiritual warfare because our children are buying these T-shirts in ignorance because they think it looks cool. And what are we going to do? We're just going to say, oh, that's terrible. Is that what we're going to do? Or are we going to do some spiritual warfare? We're going to be the mighty men and women of war. And we're going to war with Jesus together and see some things happen in our city. We can't just let this happen. We've got to do something about it. Amen? Amen. I'm like him. I'm on one. 
That made me mad. I'm mad at the devil. I dare him blaspheme the Lamb of God. So anyway, I'm upset too. Hallelujah. (laughs) You know, we used to sing that song, What a Day That Will Be, when my Jesus I Shall See. What a day is going to be to see the devil chained and kicked in that pit and say, who's bragging now? Who's boasting now? Deliver what he said to Jesus on the cross. We're going to say to him, deliver thyself, slewfoot. Why don't you come back out of that pit? Jesus did. Come out of that pit. Come on. Come on. Come on, devil. Come on, devil. Come out of that pit. I tell you, great things are coming for the strong and the bold in this land. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a mighty warrior. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a mighty warrior. Say, you're a mighty warrior. Say, you're a mighty warrior. Hallelujah. Yeah. What you got, bro? When you said about the kids, there'll come a time with the kids pointing at the politicians and telling them the truth. It was just like an instant. I seen, I said, and I said this to somebody, I says, I see a time when some people are going to be getting ready to leave their house. They're going to be looking up and down the street because they're afraid that there's a prophet waiting out there to tell them the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. 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 When they get ready to leave their house, they're going to be looking up and down the street because they're afraid that there's somebody staying out there with a word from God for them. Amen. Amen. Just say, Father. I am ready. Here am I. Send me. This week, use my mouth. Use my heart. Use my mind. Use my hands. Use my feet. And use my voice. Use me. Whatever you need me to do, I'll do it. I'll step out of the boat. And I'll walk on the water. With my eyes upon you. Lead me. And guide me. Show me what to do. And I will obey. I'm ready. To do what you have me to do. Your orders, Lord. From heaven. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. How many Rambos and Rambinas do we have in here? Glory be to God. So don't just be surprised. You walk by Hot Topic and you hear my wife, I curse you. And these two, I can see these two sisters, man, just praying, coming against the devil in the name of Jesus. If they can stand three and a half hours of rock and roll, head banging, they can, they can battle the devil of hell. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we love you. We bless you. Tuesday night intercession, Wednesday night discipleship, and uh, next Sunday, Sunday school nine, church at 1030. 
And uh, if you need prayer, we'll be here to pray with you. We love you. We bless you. Hug somebody's neck. Look for somebody you don't know. Tell them you love them. God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.